Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is going on? I was in, I was traveling for work, which sounds more exciting than where I was, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, but I'm back in the office. My home. Uh, the, in the office. I will say, under, uh, I don't know if I say under, I don't think it's rated. Uh, I didn't think that Scranton would have really good food. <laughs> it kind of did. Although I wasn't getting like bougie stuff. Like I, I just mean that the takeout sushi I got was good. And then uh I got a cheese steak last night that I'm still thinking about. Three cheeses, hot peppers and onions. I was like, oh man, I'm still thinking about it. they had Cajun fries too. I was I was in, I was stuck laying down immediately after for the next like three hours. Just good because then I had to do the whole, you know uh Collins <laughs> video I made but yeah I was just a uh, gut buster definitely a gut buster it was really good I shouldn't have gotten fries because it was huge well you know it's been a good it's been a good 48 hours for you that's the, that's the big news right <laughs> yeah I mean nothing's happening in Cincinnati it's fun it's funny because if you go on social media 24 hours ago because we're recording this at 7 10 p.m on a Thursday and I remember when we recorded earlier in the week you said hey you know don't freak out unless you're getting to Monday there's not a whole lot of action happening with the Cincinnati Bengals but Bengals social media was freaking out over the past 24 Always. hours before the Orlando Brown uh, signing or reports of the signing, obviously not officially official till Penn is on the paper. And my guess is he'll be traveling to Cincinnati either tomorrow or over the weekend to make that final. But 
a lot of people, I've said it before, you got to trust the process. We have to trust, I trust the front office over the last two years because they've gone a different approach. They've spent money in free agency. They either go heavy on the defensive side and then draft on the offensive side, or now it feels a little vice versa, their approach going into the 2023 season. And I was just like, you know what? You got to trust the process. But then I'm starting to watch around the NFL while, while I'm telling people to relax and have patience. I'm like, you know what? They do have to change their approach when it comes to the guarantee money because we keep hearing the Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase contract that's going to come up next year. And it's like, oh, how are they going to be able to afford these guys and spend money in free agency? You know, that stuff doesn't really impact this season that much really impact the next season that much when that is officially official and if they get both of those contract extensions done this offseason that's going to be more of your your 25 26 contract when you are off your rookie deal with joe burrow but personally i'm not gonna lie when that announcement that notification came through on my twitter last night around i want to say a little after 10 i looked at it and i was like is this a fake twitter account I mean, I thought I put the notifications on for these official NFL network insiders, looked at it again, and I thought, no way. Because the thing is, he wasn't even on my radar personally for the Cincinnati Bengals. I was extremely impressed. They were able to get the deal done. But what were your first initial thoughts when you, you saw the news of Orlando Brown coming to Cincinnati? Well, like you, have to always make sure in the age of butt crack sports that we are looking at real accounts. Let me do this. I, I don't want to get fooled. Um, so find the check mark. Have to make sure it's you know not Twitter blue because that was a great idea. <laughs> and then uh, you know sometimes even if it is Twitter blue, it's still a real person. But then read the name. <laughs> make sure they didn't make it Tom Pelissaro with a one instead of an L. And then uh, finally, after like five minutes, probably less, thirty seconds of investigation, uh, I realized this is real. And then I got tagged about 300 times at different places, sent messages about like, did you see this? And uh, half of that is because of what I've said in the past. But I, I thought, I thought he turned down last year a six-year, $139 million contract. I think that's what people are forgetting. So like, that's why I was anti-signing Orlando Brown. It was just like, no, I, I don't want to pay the guy more than $20 million a year. And I think he, the report was basically he's searching for 25 million a year, like a five one twenty five deal. And I was like, well, that's almost that's a little bit ridiculous. Like he's he's good. He's an above average starting offensive tackle in the league. Um, but you know, twenty five million dollars a year, it's like goodness gracious. That's <laughs> that's 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 uh, T Higgins maybe even plus deal, <laughs> and I'd rather give that to T. But when he comes in at sixty million, because the first thing I saw was just Orlando Brown. I was like, oh no, oh no. But then I see. The deal and i'm like oh this is this is actually below where i think i would have projected him like in my mind i'd pay him 18 i think 18 a year somewhere around there and he's gonna go up or down whether they front or back load it i don't really care about that just where I, in my mind i value it because it's above average offensive tackle play you're paying a lot of money for it but that's what everybody does so that was my thought and then i see 16 million years like oh my goodness good deal and especially for like all the projections had him above 20. So to get him that low is just incredible. And there was that report that day that teams were looking at him as a right tackle in terms of money, I guess, which is why the 16 million makes sense. But to get Orlando Brown, who was the best free agent offensive lineman, as much as I have at times been down on the idea, he was the best. He was the bell of the ball. That's why I thought he get 25 million. He got less than Jawan Taylor, who's going to have to switch sides 
And then he also got less than Mike McGlinchey. And if you look at it, he got about the same as like Jack Conklin. I'm fully in. Like these, he's better than all those guys. Like Juwan Taylor was the one I thought basically flip-flopped. I thought you'd pay Orlando Brown 20 million and Juwan Taylor would be 16. And so I was like, well, Juwan Taylor makes sense. And especially also right tackle, whatever. They are having Jonah try to flip. We can we will discuss that. Yes. Uh right tackle. But um yeah, that's that's the uh, contract thoughts in my mind. Other than also a lot of guaranteed money, a lot of it up front. And uh, that is not same old Bengals. That is new wave Bengals. That is Paycor Bengals. Yeah, I think, you know, the first reaction for me personally, when you see the numbers come out, you're like, well, that is really surprising because I felt like he kind of bet on, bet on himself when he didn't take that Chiefs deal last year. Mm-hmm. And then he comes here and you get him for about $4 million less a year. Uh, which is absolutely insane. And I think what we talk about the Joe Burrow effect a lot, obviously he was playing with Patrick Mahomes. I would say Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are two of the best top two quarterbacks in the NFL. So of course he's coming to another winning quarterback. He even said that to some of the NFL insiders. And he said, I'm going to a winning organization. I'm going to a winning team. I'm going to go play with a winning quarterback. And the biggest thing that I saw in in that paragraph was I'm going to be the left tackle. And I think that surprised a lot of Bengals fans. They know he's a he's left tackle, but at the same time, it was like, whoa, what does that mean? They're going to move Jonah because that's what every Bengals fan wants right now. They don't want Jonah left tackle. And we'll get to kind of the switch of what the right tackle position will look like. But I think that could have been those conversations that they're having with Orlando. You're going to come here. You're going to be the left tackle for the next four years, maybe longer, depending on how you look out here on this offensive line. We're going to pay you this money. We're going to give you these guarantees up front, which is something we always hear about the Bengals franchise. Some people say, oh, they're poverty. They're poor. They can't make these guarantees. And I'll be completely honest and raise my hand. I knew they had to change their ways when it comes to what they're going to give Joe Burrow, what they're going to give T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and those other contracts that are going to be pretty heavy and high. I didn't think it was going to happen with Orlando Brown. I heard Paul Daner talk about it, a little background inside story of what was going on that day, because it never really felt like they were all in on day one of Orlando Brown. Obviously, you know, feeling the market, listening to that conversation, talking to his agent, see what that number is. And then they get to Wednesday and they were hearing, well, this this might be a possibility. The Bengals are circling back with Orlando Brown and for it all just to kind of fall so late when I think a lot of Bengals fans are like, they're giving up. They're not doing anything. They're oh losing all their players. Uh, this and, and I never really freaked out because I'm like, look, you still have your core players mm-hmm. on your offense and your defensive side. I still have faith. You'll get, you'll get a few safeties or at least one bet safety in there. They're having a few workouts right now. I was never afraid about, uh, uh, you know, nervous about what they were going to do. I want them to fix the offensive line and you got to protect Joe Burrow. But when you bring a guy in of that caliber, we've said it before, he's the best tackle in the free agency class. And um, I think you, you bring some security and, and some excitement for what your future looks like when you're protecting number nine in your franchise and just an unbelievable signing. Uh, we've talked about the last two years when they're bringing in some of these top guys would say t- tier two, tier three, and some people would have Orlando Brown in a, a tier two. Uh, I, I just think it's it's really exciting. It's one of my favorite free agency moves that they've made in the last three years. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
Yeah. Uh, yeah, tier two, I think. Although a lot of faces have them tier one. I had them tier two. Um, but yeah, best offensive lineman. I, I don't think you have to say tackle. I think it's just best offensive lineman in free agency. So uh, for the quick breakdown, we are 10 minutes in. I don't know if this is one segment. Yep. So quick breakdown. Um, he's really long. He's really big. That's great. That's really margin for error is I think how I would describe Orlando Brown is just his margin for error is huge. He does a lot of stuff that is unorthodox that shouldn't work. And, uh, you know, like there's issues with him technically. And it's why I think some people really can't get past like seeing him as like not like average or so maybe even slightly below. It's just like, he doesn't, he doesn't do his stuff like everybody else. He doesn't keep his weight. He doesn't stay balanced. Really. He still is a side to side type guy. He's slow, <laughs> which expected, um, but he's so long and he's so big in the chiefs. I'll get over the weakness in a second, but so long, so big, so strong. I'd say borderline elite strength, especially in the run game. He can really move guys, and that's great for what the Bengals want to do in the run game. He's got a really good anchor. He's kind of the antithesis of Jonah when it comes to his strengths. Really good anchor. Power doesn't get to him. He's got very long arms, so he can make first contact a lot. You think of Jonah, it's kind of the opposite. Doesn't handle power well, and he's got short arms. So maybe that's what they just want in the left tackle. Maybe they want one on each side of like, well, at least we've got like this guy over there. Um other strengths are he's smart. He's really smart. He, he does a great job with Joe Tooney, and it is Joe Tooney, but passing off stunts and working with him. I know Cordell Wilson is nowhere near Joe Tooney, uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it takes two. Like, Tooney isn't, like, firing guys three yards into um, Orlando Brown, who has no idea what's going on. Orlando knows what's going on. He's tightening down. He's got his good communication. They've worked together a few years, so hopefully that develops quickly with Cordell. Uh, to go with all that, I think those are all his strengths. He's got some stuff that's in the middle. And then what I don't love is technique when it comes to his feet. I think that is something to get past. It, it's hard to get past because sometimes it, it's like, is this repeatable? But he's been doing it for years. So, like, yes. <laughs> um, but to go with it, he, he's not athletic. And the Chiefs started cheating uh, in pass protection. His weakness is going to be a speed rush around the outside. And somebody getting around the outside, being able to bend, get around him. It's why I don't think you leave him alone on Miles Garrett. And I have no idea why Bengals fans are obsessed with that idea. Nobody should be alone with Miles Garrett. But anyway, uh, so speed around the outside. The Chiefs cheated that the same way the Bengals cheated Collins, where they get every offensive lineman has about a foot and a half split, and he'll be split out two and a half feet, three feet. Just in the extra split gets him further outside to start. And they would always, not always, they would often run the running back around right off that edge rusher. So the edge rusher would have to run into the running back to get around him. So they're doing smart things that the Bengals should pick up. And I'm have a lot of this in an article when you guys are listening to this. Uh, so if you want to see more in depth, but this is the uh, too long, I'm not going to read that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's you give him help that way because he has issues around the outside. He also isn't balanced in his set. So sometimes he'll lose inside, but he generally is able to protect inside out and protect the inside, protect through him. And it's around the outside that gives him a little bit of issue. So that's the quick breakdown there. I think in the run game, he'll miss sometimes because he's not really athletic. And I don't think his feet are really that great in the run game either. It just doesn't matter. I think that's the big thing is like, he doesn't, he's not technically sound, 
and it doesn't matter. His margin for error is so big because he is so big and long that he can get away with a lot of this stuff. He never, it's like Dewan Jones has some of these issues in college. And it's like, my mind is saying like, he's got to fix these to get in the NFL. And then you look at Orlando Brown and I'm like, well, does he? <laughs> He'll, he might be able to just pass by it, uh, with the, with these issues and be perfectly fine to above average even. Uh, so I like him a lot. I think he is, uh, the, the mic drop, I guess, is he's probably the best offensive tackle that Bengals have had since Andrew Whitworth. I, that's a slight indictment on the tackles that have been here since Whitworth, though, because his, his number one competition is the guy he's replacing. <laughs> well, that's, that's what's crazy, because I, we're going to get we're going to actually move the right tackle conversation in a little bit into our mailbag segment. And I'm sure plenty of Bengals fans will, will be OK with that when we're talking about what the right side looks like. But that that's what made me laugh when a lot of people were kind of down on our, the, the ones who were either Chiefs fans or other people on social media. They're saying like, oh, he's a top 10 or top 15 tackle. And I'm like, have you seen the Bengals offensive line? That is amazing if you're getting a top 15 tackle right now or top 11, 10. Um, it's been huge. It's, it's a battle over there on the left side and it's, it's been a minute. So, um, I'm sure Joe Burrow was happy when that conversation was final and, and found out he was coming here. I think it's really exciting to see Orlando Brown, uh, do some of the ESPN interviews today. And he did one yesterday on NFL live it was before the announcement, but he just sounds really excited to get to Cincinnati and he's 26 years old. I mean, this line is still pretty young. I know Ted Karras, I want to say he turned 30 yesterday. Uh, but overall, they still have these guys for a few more years. And, and that's huge for an offensive line that we've been talking about in, in Cincinnati since Andrew Whitworth left, since Kevin Zeitler left. It has been a minute since they've had a solid offensive line. And I think Bengals fans would take this guy in a minute. And they were real, I, I felt very uh, the sense of shocked last night from from the overall fan base and um it's exciting stuff because if you would have told me this was the free agency move that they were going to make or the first external free agency move i would have said nah i don't believe you i didn't believe any of the rumors um it was really never out there besides the nfl rumors account that said it like a week ago look they're throwing spaghetti at the wall i'm not going to give them credit they're just firing spaghetti at the wall seeing a couple things stick and then people give them credit and it's like no i'm not giving them credit i'm sorry no, I, I, I mean, but outside of that, no connection with Cincinnati. The, the one I can think of is um, Malik, actually, but it was not this offseason. It was last offseason before he got tagged. And I remember that. And I remember that when he signed. I was like, okay. So this is a guy Malik mentioned that they were interested in before. Um, but I'm not giving credit to the NFL Rumors account. I would, uh, I would block them. <laughs> Well, that's fine with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do actually have some uh, Bengals news next. We're going to get to that, and we'll also talk about the right side when it comes to who's going to be there. Is it going to be Jonah Williams? Is it going to be Lyle Collins? Or to be determined next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs> 